0: Oh, my sister, <laughs> no, she, she, she's not the type to, to have enemies.
1: There are certain people who have testified, and I would feel that they actually say the truth. There are people who are very honest in this country. friendliness, her frankliness. She should tell you something straight without lying to you. I never heard her shout. I never heard her laugh out loud but she had this good smile. It was
2: shocking. I was watching the news when I heard about it and at first I I thought they were talking about a different mercy until they showed the picture. Then I realized it was the Mercy who was used to be my student.
1: The public inquest into Marcy Kano's murder comes to an end in the near future. The prosecution has lined up more than 60 witnesses, the bulky of them being police officers. Tonight on Case Files, we walk back to our senior apartments where it all started and end on the highway where the investigations began. 18th, 2011, a traffic police officer is called to attend to an accident scene along Wayaki Way. The police officer records the details of the accident scene in his diary. The police officer pens in his statement a female adult with a broken skull, fractured legs, and hands lying near the edge of the road. The victim, the police officer says, has no shoes on. The police officer extends his search further. He walks several meters away from the body in an effort to try and locate the actual scene of the accident. Going back to where the body is lying, the police officer notices that there is no blood. A father discovers that the upper part of the victim's skull is missing. So is her brain. No more hit-and-run accidents have blood stains in notes and the victim will normally have some personal effects on him or her.
0: I was told the, the, the dean of men was looking for me, so I, I went to the men's dorm, I was wondering what, what is it, what, are, what have I done, the, the dean of men is calling me. So uh, I just went with my husband, we went, we went into the office, then the, the dean of students came and he had just arrived in Baraton, he was still new. So he was like, this is the first thing he's come to baton and the first task he has is very painful for him. So um, I looked at him, you know, in the back of my mind, I said something terrible has happened.
1: Faith had no idea that the body of her sister had been discovered along Wayakiway hours after she reportedly overpowered her niece and ran away from a house party. I was standing with her sister. Faith Keino on campus, just somewhere near the University Amphitheater. And a friend sent me a text, RIP Masi Keino. I looked at Faith, the sister. We were having a conversation, a normal conversation on a normal day. Then I didn't know whether to tell her or not to tell her. I didn't know how to react. Masi Keino had gone for an evening party with her niece a day earlier, but did not return home
0: i wanted to hear it from him before anything so i i just sat and waited for him to talk and he said that um mercy had an accident and she died i i broke down and cried
1: as traffic police officers moved the body of the University of Nairobi student to a city mortuary, a motorist showed up at Parklands Police Station. The lady motorist had a disturbing report to make. Lucina Mithayo Wanjeri told the police that at around 3 a.m., two hours before the body of Marcy was discovered by the police along Wayaki Way, she came across two vehicles, slowed down and noticed an object beneath a motor vehicle that resembled a human body. Lucina told the police she saw two legs rolling under the motor vehicle she drove on. But before leaving the she noticed the motor vehicle speeding off at high speed suspicious she scribbled the motor vehicles register told the police that indeed he was near the scene of the accident that morning but it did not run over the body lying near the edge of the road when asked why he never cared to report the incident to the police the businessman said he saw no need to Masi Kaino's journey to a mysterious death started over to a senior apartment on the 9th of the 17th of July, 2011.
0: I miss her company.
1: Masu was among a group of 19 people. Charles Gidinji, the caretaker of the luxury apartments, paints a picture of a calm evening before it turned into a chaotic night. Charles says he was in the apartments, had 15 women and 4 men that night. Charles says around midnight are the rest of the guests left the premises. He was summoned by the then Juja Member of Parliament, William Kabogo. He says Kabogo wanted the caretaker to let him in to a house in the compound. The caretaker says Kabogo was in the company of two women. Kabogo ordered for two glasses of wine and two bottles of water. The caretaker says he came across two bodyguards trying to calm down Marcy Keino. At the time, Masie had broken a glass and an empty bottle. The caretaker says at some point, Masie ran towards the gym area. She was brought back by the security guard and she was forced to sit at the security gatehouses. According to the caretaker, moments later, another lady came and spoke to Masie. Massey then accompanied the lady upstairs to a room. Charles says he was one of the people who escorted Massey Kano to the room. The sound of glasses breaking forced Charles to call two bodyguards and ask them to accompany him to where the sound of the commotion was coming from. Charles says the door to the room was closed when they got to eat and on knocking, William Kabogo opened. Massey was seated on the floor. There was a broken picture frame.
2: I slap like three slaps. And you, you okay. So where's the count? Several slaps. Yeah, several slaps. And and, and uh, how many hits on the joints? Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. Yes. The music was done. What did he do? He was done. 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 Yes. Uh, how was Leave her alone, leave her alone. You one screen, one screen.
1: The caretaker says Kabogo instructed his bodyguards to escort Masi out of the room. The bodyguards carried Masi on their shoulders.
2: When I close a baby Okay, maybe okay. okay.
1: Clear why the bodyguards decided to carry Marcy Kane on their shoulders. Was Marcy too drunk to walk on her own or was she badly injured to stand on her feet? Two questions that have since evaded police investigators. Charles says minutes later he had the member of parliament inquiring from one of his aides about Marcy Kane's whereabouts. The aide told the member of parliament Marcy had run off while they were trying to call a taxi for her. A guard with a local security firm will later tell the police that two bodyguards and Scholar Stika Kamemba, Masi niece requested him to open the main gate to a senior apartment. Reason? They wanted to escort a drunk Masi out of a senior apartment. The guard says he opened the gate for the three, and that 15 minutes later, the bodyguards and Scholastica Kamemba returned and informed the guard that Massey and Scholastica Kamemba appeared before police officers at Parkland's police station. She told the police investigators that she was invited to the evening party by a second-year student at the University of Nairobi. Cola, she was fondly referred to told the police that Marcy was taking wine, but at some point, she was mixing up drinks. She was running all over the house, and at times, she was breaking up things. In fact, she says at some point, Marcy cut her lip after she fell on the floor in the house. Scholar Sticker does not mention the private room where, according to the caretaker, Marcy had ended up after she brought her back from the main gate where she had run to. In an initial statement, the police scholar Sticker Kamemba says Marcy was very, very drunk. This was after she was asked to take her home. Witnesses in the Marcy Kano murder were recalled to Parklands Police Station several times to record what police investigators Tom further statements. The statement taking so many of them advanced various theories. Case Files takes a short break. <laughs>